0: welcome to episode number 151 of the church collective podcast doing this intro in the backyard it's a fantastic time for everybody uh, i hope you're doing well in this season we're praying for you it's been awesome to connect with a bunch of you guys over on facebook and instagram and and all that so if you haven't connected with us in either of those places i'd love to hear from you shoot us a dm on instagram let us know you're over there uh, show us a picture of uh, where you're listening to this podcast we would love to see it uh, over on instagram member at the church collective go find us over there. Um, in this episode, Chris and I had the opportunity to talk to Melody uh, from Passion. And man, oh man, I, every one of these episodes has just been so, so good. You're going to love it. We had a couple little technical glitches, but we're just going to keep it moving because there's good quality stuff around those little glitches. So just hang in there with us. Um, and here we go with episode number 151 of the Church Collective Podcast.
1: What? How far are you into Winter Jam and who else is on the tour with you guys?
2: Yes, yeah, so we're we're coming to the end of our time at Winter Jam. We've been able to uh, be on there. Uh, our pastor Louis Giglio is out there with us, and Crowder is headlining. And then there's so many great people: Building 429, Riley Clemens, Austin French, new song obviously since they uh, started this. You get to hear "Arise, My Love" every yeah. night, which is incredible. Uh, but it's been fun. We've been able to kind of switch in and out with Hillsong young and free so that we can be at home. We're a huge part of passion city church in Atlanta. And so, uh, we want to be back for Sundays. And so it's worked out perfectly for us to be able to kind of switch on and off with them. So this is our last weekend out. Um, and it's been a great time and we've really, we've loved being out there with all those guys.
1: Oh, this is your last weekend.
2: This is our last weekend. Winter jam, I think has three more weekends after that. Thanks.
1: Uh, I'm bringing my church there, uh, I think, next week.
2: Oh, no. <laughs>
1: <laughs> is uh, is well, Brian playing for you? Is Brian playing guitar on that?
2: Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Brian Carl is going to be out with us.
1: So. He's a good friend of ours.
2: That's awesome. I love Brian. We call him kind eyes.
1: <laughs> I didn't know that.
2: We do. Because <laughs> he just has the kindest eyes and just the sweetest guy. Yeah, that's great. So, that's good
1: <laughs> um, so who, who else is... Are you the only singer or is it, is it, um, is Sean with you guys or?
2: So this is passion music. So it'll be myself, Brett Yonker and Christian Sanfield. So those are, that's who out, who's out with us right now.
1: Got it. Got it. We just had Sean on, I think two weeks ago.
2: Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. Sean's incredible.
1: Um, what, what songs are you like highlighting for this tour?
2: So... a little bit of waving just massive in the church right now and so uh it's really been amazing to walk into an arena setting and uh get to see how that's really such an anthem of the church right now and really touching people's hearts and so we're doing that and then there's nothing that our god can't do which has been really fun that's on the new album war and uh it's been cool because most people don't know it and so it's great to see how they really are coming along with it by the end of of the night and Build My Life is another one uh, that we're doing that's pretty incredible and just to hear the people sing once you get to that first course, it's just incredible just to see that and uh, also we're doing uh, It Is Finished in there and that's one of my favorite songs to get to lead right now uh, because it's just it's the gospel and so there's so much power in singing the gospel whether you know the song or not and then we wrap everything up with Glorious Day, which is just so fun. It's a party and a blast. So, yeah.
1: Which version? Are you doing that um, kind of EDM version or are you doing the original version?
2: We're doing the OG. Okay. So unless you were in Alabama, we threw in a little surprise when we were in Alabama and did a little sweet home Alabama that in there. <laughs> but yeah, just the, the OG version So of Glorious Day. So how long,
1: um, have you been with passion and how did you get, how did you get involved?
2: Yeah. So I've been with passion since about 2015 or the fall of 2014 ish. Um, but I started going to passion church, passion city church in 2009. And for me, uh, I had my first exposure to passion conferences in 2006. And I mean, all of the amazing worship leaders, you know, Christy Knuckles for me and Chris Tomlin and Matt Redman and all those guys, Crowder. Uh, I kind of started following them in, uh, I guess, lay high school, college for me. And we were playing their songs in our youth group and that kind of thing. I played piano for a long time for them. And so uh, for me, when I moved to Atlanta, I was looking for a church and really felt like something was happening. At Passion City Church, I could. There was just something different going on. I was like, I want to be a part of this this place. And so, I joined our door holder team. That's what we call our volunteers. Uh, I started being. I was like the person that would like tell you where the bathroom was <laughs> for a long time. I was like, Hey, the bathroom's over here. If you need to go, that kind of thing. And did that for a long time. And uh, led our student groups, eleventh and twelfth grade girls, for a long time. And eventually joined choir and. Uh, it was basically just being around and being faithful with what I felt like God was putting in my hands. And then I started leading worship around church in 2011 and 12. And then God just kept really opening doors, uh, for me just to be able to do what we do now, uh, which is pretty incredible. And it really doesn't make any sense as far as I'm concerned. (laughs) It's one of those things that I can just say, Hey, this is, this is, doesn't make sense apart from God. Just choosing and saying, I want you to, to be here. So
1: cool. So it's pretty organic is what you're saying.
2: Absolutely. hundred percent.
1: So did you ever have to do like an official audition or did you just kind of smooth your way? <laughs> <out the
2: ladder? laughs> no, I did audition. I auditioned for choir. It was the only thing I, I auditioned for ever. Um, we had a choir for, I guess it was conference in 2011. I think was the first thing I did, so that was the only audition I ever did. And I was so nervous <laughs> to go into that room, and be like, "Okay, this is what I have." So, but yeah. it was it was great. So yeah, I think Brett you... Yonker was in that interview.
0: <laughs> wow. So, could could you speak yeah. to? I mean, I, I love that you started at the serving, like just kind of doing bathrooms and pointing people in, in that way. And and yeah. I know a lot of people that might be listening to this are. Kind of wanting to jump straight to that platform because you maybe speak to somebody who might be disenfranchised or frustrated with their church because they're not getting, you know, as much leadership or platform time or, or anything like that. Kind of speak to what it, what it, how it helps to, to serve yeah. a little bit before you jump right up for that.
2: Yeah. Absolutely. I mean, I think I get this question all the time from young girls are like, how do I get to do what you do? And I just, the first thing I usually want to say is, bloom where you're planted um, and because God knows where to find you (laughs) and he knows when he needs you and he'll come find you and he'll elevate you when he wants to. Um, but I think there's something, honestly, the stage can do really weird things, uh, to people's hearts. And I think, uh, whether you realize it or not, there is a really, there's a lot that's important about serving and just being around and You're still serving um, so uh, as much as you can be faithful with what's God with what God has put in your hands as much as you can be willing to do whatever you're asked because that's what you need to do on stage two. you need to be willing to do whatever you're asked and whatever the Holy Spirit's leading and you have to see people and you have to see people whether you're helping them find a bathroom or see people whether you're helping them uh try to point them in a different way to Jesus um but so much of it really is just being faithful and and really and truly you know it's a weird thing when you get on a stage because you can start to desire a glory that was never meant for you. Um, and you have to, you know, I'm grateful for those years because I feel like the Lord did put and shaped my heart in a way that I would have never been ready for. He shaped my character. He shaped, um, all of those things and those have to be developed and it's the journey is different for everyone. So that's not to say that you couldn't be automatically put on a platform, but I just would say, don't despise the little things. Um, And uh, really just take every moment as an opportunity to see how does the Lord want me to grow? How can I serve him? Um, And how can I find Jesus in this moment? Because uh, the stage is only going to, Uh, magnify what's already in your heart. Um, And so you want to make sure that your character can uh, really just can It it can hold up to what God's asking you to do once he gets you there.
0: Hmm. Yeah, that's great. Is there, um, what would you have to say to somebody who wants to say, get into career worship leadership? Like they they want to like, so maybe they're saying like okay I hear you yeah. serve I got it but I, I want I want to do this as a profession like, like what kind yeah. of got any advice for them
2: I mean honestly what I would say is you know you have to find a church and plant yourself in a church because yeah. that's what worship bleeding is and I think that there's a it can get weird right now because of just what it looks like as far as there there's all this like professional Christian music world and like that kind of thing um and for me I just see how much God loves the church and how much he desires to change uh the world because of the church and that's where the opportunities are I think to lead people and so I would say find a church that uh you can see that God is moving in that the Holy Spirit's there that he's alive and just plant yourself there and start leading as much as you can
1: yeah that's great So the new the new passion record um, that just came out, um, that yeah. correct me if I'm wrong that came from the basically the New Year's passion conference, right? It did.
2: Yes, okay. all of it was recorded live there.
1: Can you, I? I'd, I'd love to hear about just your viewpoint of that because I saw it happen like all over social media, yeah. and you know we talked to Sean about it and I asked Brian about it, and it just seemed like an amazing way to start the 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 decade so i'd love to hear like, your viewpoint you know
2: yeah absolutely i, I i'm typically the person that, like on new year's eve i'm like i home on my couch so this is like the definitely the best new year's like ever for me yeah. it was awesome uh just to have joel and Hillsong united leading at midnight and just having fireworks go off and all kinds of stuff. It's pretty crazy and pretty fun. We thought we peaked like really early. I think, you know, you're like, oh no, we have two more days of this and (laughs) this just happened. Um, But it was cool because there were so many moments and it really felt like we just kept going deeper and deeper and deeper into what God had planned. And like uh, the next day, uh, Carrie Job, and Cody Carnes led and the roof opened. And uh, it's just, I mean, it's just a crazy moment. And she, Carrie was singing about like the wind of God's presence on your face, and she had no idea that the roof was open and those kind of things. And then, you know, another really special moment for me was Crowder was leading, and uh, it's track five on the record, "Leaning on You." And I got to see Chitima, who was one of the girls that leads at our church all the time. She leads in kids and students and um, in our auditorium and that kind of thing. And I got to, you know, she got the opportunity to lead with him, and so that was really fun for me we were like in our dressing room and I just ran to try to catch it. I was like, Oh no, I'm going to miss it. And so it was fun for all the girls just to come around her and getting to see that. So, I mean, there's so many moments. And no one, but you, which Sean probably talked to you about was like one of the most special moments and getting just to hear 65,000 college students sing is as a sound you're never going to forget. So, you know, we walked into this, conference right uh that's the goal is to get you know seven or eight new songs recorded but we just felt differently about this year we just kind of said like we know that god wants to do something in these days and we we have a few new songs and if they're right for the moment then we'll lead them but we just want to sing songs and do whatever the spirit's leading to us and have a little bit more freedom in that way so Uh, After conference, I think we all started listening back to things and we're like, we actually got something like and it's pretty incredible because too, it reminds me of those like early passion 2020, or not early passion 2020, early passion uh, records, where you really were able to uh, capture more what God was doing in the moment than just songs, you captured an encounter with Jesus, which is what I feel like we were able to do on this record.
1: What's your preparation like going into that? Like cuz for me, you know, just seeing it from the from the sidelines Yeah. It just seemed like I didn't I had no clue what was happening and then on New Year's Eve like or I probably maybe a day before I just started seeing it everywhere and I'm like how did they put this together? It <laughs> seemed like it was just like, "Hey, meet us at the stadium tomorrow." Well, you know. <laughs> but what was the preparation like? Like oh, how man. many months did you did you prepare?
2: Oh man, we have an incredible team. That's first off, that's how that happened. That worked tirelessly. I don't think our whole team, Jonathan Sheehan, Misty Page... Uh, So many people I can name. And if I start naming names, you'll be like, you didn't name this person or this person. Uh, But our team, I mean, they started working. Tickets went on sale for Passion 2020 at Passion 2019. Uh, So they worked really different. Even before 2019, we knew we were going to be at Mercedes-Benz. And so our team works so hard all year long to make all of those details happen and that kind of thing. And then we started writing music about I don't know, March or April and kind of wrote all throughout the year just to kind of see uh, what might surface and and that kind of thing. And so it just takes it's not something that just gets thrown together for sure. And um, it's really cool just to see. I, I just remember standing there the first night and thinking we're finally here. All of this work, like every little detail, all of the things that everybody did, it happened. And we're like getting to stand here in God's faithfulness. And people came. They didn't just say they were coming. They actually came. So yeah. um, it's pretty crazy when you think about. I think you could talk to anyone on our, on our team and they can tell you miracle after miracle after miracle of things that happened to make Passion 2020 possible.
0: Awesome. So talk a little bit about uh as you guys are writing and preparing do you guys have a sense of what what songs are going to be the songs when you're preparing them like at what point at what point did you know glorious day was going to be glorious day and, and <laughs> you
2: know, what are
0: you thinking what are you thinking about this new album like are there some in there that you think you know what a year from now this is going to be the one that's like all over the place
2: we definitely have our favorites um and we definitely have the ones that we connect to and it's pretty we got to uh do some pop-up nights this fall which was really fun for us so I don't know if Brian talked about that but um it was cool because those were moments that we were able to like try some some of these songs out and just see I mean we're doing there's nothing that our guy can't do for the first time in this little pop-up setting no tracks you know just stripped way back and Wondering, is this gonna work? Are people gonna sing? Is this gonna connect with people? And you could tell that people really started to connect with that almost from day one of leading it in the pop-up setting. Um, But then there are other ones like King of Glory. King of Glory started and it wasn't even, uh, you know, right now it's like a double time feel. It started and it wasn't even double, it was like half that. And so that song went on a journey. Half of us were like, I don't even know if I like this song. And then once we like got there, it was like, ah, this is super fun. And so, you kind of can get a sense of like, we're all kind of feeling these songs. And it's really cool because we have an opportunity to lead a lot of them at church. And that really helps us kind of gauge whether it's just us that's feeling this. Um, But then you just, uh, you really don't know until you get to conference and things start to happen. But you do have those. I mean, for me, it is finished as one that's on this record that was also on the last record that it feels like it's a gospel song and so, it just feels like one to me that's gonna have a slow rise, but you never know. So yeah.
0: could you maybe speak to if you're doing one and you're trying it a few times and you know it's not working, has there has there been a tension where like some of you guys are like, oh no, this we we gotta do this song, but it's clearly not working. Like could you maybe speak to that a little bit?
2: I think one of the things our team is really good at is knowing and this is what's working and so maybe go back and like revisit some of a couple lines in the chorus or maybe it needs a different bridge and so i think for us is with all anytime we're leading new songs we're trying to have open hands with them and always be willing to go back and rewrite because i think we've seen so many examples of how songs have been made better by the by being open-handed and let someone else speak into them and you know you have to know when to draw the line on that but but it's been uh that's something for us is just to be like us we always just we always think it could be better and so uh being willing to uh workshop and woodshed uh to that kind of thing is important for us yeah could you get
1: into like some technical aspects of like vocals like like when you guys are preparing are you are you planning out like who's doing what harmony like how how deep do you get into it
2: yeah uh so as far as, uh, I'm usually singing the harmonies on everything. Christian <laughs> is like, I'll try to find a harmony. <laughs> um, that kind of thing. So, uh, if for church, we definitely do. We uh, I actually go in and assign a harmony part for everyone. And uh, on, like, I guess today's Wednesday, or yeah, like on Wednesdays and like that kind of thing, we go in and say, hey, you're singing the harmony part on this. And then we have tracks recorded with the harmony part. Um, so you can say hey this is the part to learn and that kind of thing because we've just found uh it empowers people when they know what they're doing and what to actually sing when there's not an a- ambiguity because people hear different things and you're like i don't know does this sound good does not sound good and so for vocals just like you would have a guitar part you know like somebody we say you're not gonna you are not going to you could to come in from glorious day and you're gonna play like the the hook of glorious day so we kind of treat uh harmony parts and vocals the same way um, and if you're not singing a harmony part, we say sing melody, um, so that that can free up the worship leader to not necessarily sing melody. So the worship leader, um, can kind of lead the moment or go off and do a different thing and that kind of thing. So,
1: and like, as far as like mics, when you guys, when you're holding the mics, I know a lot mm-hmm. of you guys, you don't really use mic stands that much, unless yeah. you're kind of- are you conscious of like, I'm not. I'm not like I shouldn't be forward in the mix and you're like pulling the mic away or are you letting your sound guy kind of take care of that?
2: I let our sound guys take care of that because I think that they are great at what they do. <laughs> and uh, I can't, I have an, an in-ear mix, but it's probably not what the front of house mix is. And so I'm trusting our sound guys to do what they do. And that's a, that's a big thing that we're trying to get across Uh, Even at our at church, is trying to get frontline to always stay like have their mics up at their and sing um, at a normal volume. I mean, blending and all of that kind of thing. Um, Listening to the the people around them, but also just trusting front of house to uh, to put the levels where they need to be because they can hear it really and truly better than you can in the room, which is really what matters.
1: Yeah what what do you what do you how do you like to have your inner mix?
2: I like a rock and roll intermix. <laughs> so guitars are really loud in my mix, <laughs> guitars really? and drums. Yeah, I but that's me. I got to feel it or, uh, or it's just sad to me. And I need to feel the room. Um, but for me, yeah, I have everything. I'm a big uh, compo- uh, fan of panning, too. So I usually have guitars split left and right um and vocals i usually have christian and brett panned a little bit left and right uh obviously keys are stereo bass is center our sound guys do a great job with drums and kind of getting them around but i kind of have vocals barely uh barely above uh the band um but i yeah i love some electrics
1: <laughs> it's interesting to hear what you know what what people like in their in their mix. You know, some people are like, I just need me and a click and that's it, you know.
2: No, <laughs> it's so sad. You definitely need click. I will say that. I have to have click. You're gonna be it's gonna be a disaster probably if you don't have click. But you can do it, but it's just not fun. <laughs> yeah.
1: Do you keep both ears in or do you ever do you are you a one ear in, one ear out person?
2: I keep both ears in. Uh, for the most part. If it's like a moment where I really wanna hear the crowd, I'll usually just taking it out real quick
0: and put it back in. That's but. cool. Go
2: ahead, Ryan. My turn. Cool.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I'm, I'm trying to think through like, um, like we were saying before we started recording that there's just a lot of young, young people that, that listen to our podcast. And so I'm always kind of trying to keep, keep a mind on there. I, I, I mean, and with passion too, you guys deal with a lot of college students, a lot of college students. Uh, what, what's something that is kind of like prevailing lately that you seem like you may be dealing with Then how might encourage somebody that's going through whatever that thing is that, that you might be thinking of?
2: Will you ask that again? Sorry, you broke up.
0: Oh, sorry. Yeah, What, no, you're good. what, what what's going on with you know college students? Like what, what kind of issues are they dealing with and how are you encouraging them or how are you helping them grow through it?
2: Yeah, I mean, I think uh, uh, probably from a, from a worship leading standpoint in helping our young worship leaders and our young college student worship leaders, um, I would say we really are trying to um, Remind people that you lead from a place of love and acceptance and not for love and acceptance. That's a big thing for us. And that's a sure. big thing that, um, that I think just as this generation is growing up that in this weird culture of celebrity uh, pastors and celebrity worship leaders and that kind of thing, that, um, that it can be easy to kind of find your identity in what you do and in uh what people think about you because of what you do and so we just try to encourage our our people to say hey like first and foremost we know that like our love we are fully loved by god and we are fully accepted by god Um, and so we're only able to lead the people from that like we need to lead people from that place if you ever if you're trying to get up on a stage and lead people uh, and try to get their approval and try to get their love, then you're just going to take from them. You're not going to give anything to them. And so uh, that's a big staple and a big thing that we try to uh, just remind people is like, hey, we love you and we accept you. But ultimately, God loves you and he accepts you. And so we have the ultimate love and acceptance. And that's what we're going to lead from. Um, yeah. And when we can lead from that place, then it frees you up to actually take the people where you want to take them.
0: Yeah, that's great. What um are you, you much of a reader, or podcast listener? what are you What are you into right now?
2: Uh, I'm a big reader. I can't podcast. I get so distracted because <laughs> people do the same thing with audiobooks. <laughs> Like, they're like, sure. do you love listening to audiobooks? I'm like, my brain goes a million different places if I'm not on there. So um uh, recently I've been reading, or I'm in the middle of uh, God Has a Name by John Mark Comer, which is incredible. It's really good. And I just recently read his last The Ruthless Elimination of Hurry, Um and I would highly recommend both of those. Those are those are really great books. Awesome. So, Yeah.
1: I got a ton more questions. <laughs> go for it. man. <laughs> so just just stop me when you gotta go. <laughs>
0: yeah. Um first off that's always that's a little dangerous, but <laughs> <laughs>
1: um, you know, a lot of different churches, especially now, like there's there's so many things being passed around, like don't play these songs, don't play these songs, whatever. And uh passion has seemed to kind of steer clear of that and really resonates with a lot of different denominations. And they've also just been able to stand the test of time. I mean, it's been like 20 years since I first heard passion, and it yeah. still stays relevant. Like, what, what do you think helps passion, you know, stay, stay focused and stay, stay on that path?
2: Yeah. I think we are really blessed to have uh, Louis Giglio, our pastor, at the helm. And he would tell you that more than songs, we're, that passion is a theological movement. And so I think when we think about writing songs and when we think about um, what songs we want to sing as a church, we're trying to sing songs that present truth about who God is. And uh, when we're writing songs, we're trying to write directly from Scripture and keep God's word at the center of it all. And so I think for us, that's really the, the two things is trying to present an accurate picture of who God is and to write songs that kind of, you know, there's all types of songs and a lot of what I feel like we write are songs that just specifically talk about who God is and are directed towards God. Um, you know, if you go all the way back to like, you know, for with Chris Tomlin and how great is our God and um, our God, all of these things are really just songs that are displaying the character of who God is. And so um, I think for us, that's just the, the main thing. Is of the word we get to put in people's mouths because we want people to be singing truth and so we want to make sure that everything that we put in a song is based off of scripture because that's true and so uh, for us that's a pretty big uh, if not the most important element when we're trying to think of songs that we sing at church or songs that we write
1: um, yeah that's cool um, talking back to the vocal stuff who are your top three vocalists of all time like oh, secular Christian whatever you know. yeah
2: this is such a hard question oh man top three vocalists well I'm a huge fan of I mean I grew up listening to Christy on the Christian side of things Christy Knuckles I mean there's no one for me she just she knows how to beautifully and gracefully uh sing a melody and so that's huge and Brooke Clidgett I've looked up to her forever um as well and I think on the other side of things man I love listening to Adele and Celine Dion <laughs> those have got to be some of my tops
1: have you ever seen them live
2: I haven't but it was so it was such a tease um because kind of everywhere we were going for winter jam Celine was either there the day before or like gonna be there the next day I was like no this is torture so just through Instagram. <laughs>
1: Now, how about um like musical influences? Like what kind of what style of music do you listen to growing up and, and now?
2: Yeah. So I grew up basically just listening to Christian music. That's all that I uh listened to until I was, I guess, in uh high school, probably or college. And so Point of Grace was a huge influence on my life. I loved that oh. growing up. Um, I mean, Amy Grant and Sandy Patty and all of those, that's who I grew up listening to. Um, and then now I love listening to all kinds of things. I listen to a lot of pop, uh, pop music, uh, Taylor Swift and Billie Eilish and Leon and all kinds of things.
1: Yeah. do Do you, are you conscious? Like, I know a lot of singers are consciously battling the temptation of using vibrato versus dialing it back are you are you one of those or you just kind of you don't think about it
2: uh I don't think about it a ton I do I don't I try not to use it a lot but if I over sing I definitely start to feel that coming out um, for me and so I'm definitely aware of it but I don't I don't have as much of an issue of it it doesn't come out uh super naturally for me as much as other people but I tend to like I think there's a time and a place to use it.
1: Personally, did you? Um, I prefer less. <laughs> did you do uh, like vocal lessons, or do you have a vocal coach?
2: So I took voice lessons. Right before college, and I went to Belmont University, and so I took lessons all through college, but I haven't had a voice lesson since then, so I've actually been thinking about it. I was like, I should go back, because I'm sure there's so many things I'm doing wrong that I don't even know that I'm doing wrong, and so I've been thinking about it for a little while now, trying to find someone and going back and saying, hey, because I need some help. (laughs) Did (laughs) you grow up in Nashville,
1: or did you just, you just went there for Belmont?
2: I did. Middle school, uh, high school, college was all in Nashville, so my family's there currently
1: so is your your family um are they musicians as well then
2: they're not I mean my mom you know sang around church and that kind of thing growing up but uh and my aunt played piano and that kind of thing so we're a musical family but no one was a professional musician or really did it for a living just around church
1: man that's cool a place to just randomly grow up
2: (laughs) yeah and then you transitioned
1: to Atlanta after after Belmont
2: yeah, after college I moved to Atlanta to start working for WinShape Camps, uh, which is a part of Chick-fil-A's kind of nonprofit side of the organization. And I started leading worship for them. So
1: that's cool. That
2: great. Yeah.
1: Where do you see um um the next five years for you?
2: Oh, great question. Something for me that I would love to get better at on personally is songwriting. And so for the next five years, I mean it's a long time, but um, I think something that I'm trying to get better at and always hone the craft is songwriting and um, getting better at that and getting better at trying to uh, to see what do what do I have to say what do I have to bring to the table as far as what do I feel like is is on the heart of God to say to the people and how can I specifically bring my voice to the table for that and the ways that He's speaking to me and and that kind of thing. So for me, I'm trying to do that and. and are around because we're trying to get a deeper bench so that we can grow wider as a church we have three locations right now and so uh um, who knows what that looks like in the future so just trying to pour into the girls uh around me so that they can be uh raised up to take on new challenges that's cool
1: well i'll i'll cap it at that i could keep going but maybe you can <laughs> come, come on a, the podcast again sometime we can ask you some
2: absolutely Absolutely, we love that.
1: Last question: Android or iPhone?
2: Oh, iPhone, all the way. Not okay. even, not even a question.
1: She's wearing an iPod. <laughs> Is this man. a debate? Well, this... Yeah. Well, yeah. I wanted to have. Have you ever <laughs> ghosted someone for texting you from an Android?
2: <laughs> no, but we definitely call them out for having a green text. Yeah, you know.
1: For sure. uh, so, <laughs> we really appreciate your time.
2: Absolutely. Thank you guys so much.
1: Yeah, Thank you.
2: Y'all are awesome. Enjoy California and Virginia Beach. Yeah, thank you. Absolutely. Y'all have a good day. Yeah. <laughs> See ya. Thanks.